there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. We are excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and that you as a listener would be edified. For more information about us, I'd encourage you please to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lower case. There you can find out a lot more information about us. We do have a statement of faith there. Uh, we have a prayer request page. Um, there's also a page there for podcast index. If you click on that, you will see all the questions that we have answered or are working on answers. And so if you have submitted a question and want to know if we have received it, uh, there you can see if we have or not. Uh, the coming soon are questions that we have received, and we're working on putting answers together to put out on our podcast. So please be patient with us as we try our very best to give a godly spiritual correct answer if you like this podcast please hit that like button and follow us on your podcasting app tell your friends and family about us Uh, we would deeply appreciate that you can follow us on our social media accounts Uh, we have links on our webpage to where we're at uh, except me we we can't figure out how to put a link on for that yet on me, we were doing something very special uh, with the, that account that we're not doing with the other social media accounts. Uh, the other ones are censoring us, especially uh, Facebook. We do post things, and Facebook removes those uh, because we are not being politically correct, I'm guessing. It's not in tune or line with the day's thoughts. And we don't care about what uh, other people's thoughts uh, on the government might be around the world. We only care what God has to think and say. And so uh, we post things that might be of interest to you, uh, the persecution from around the world, uh, the different uh, things that are going through Congress or the Parliament or whatever that could affect Christians in the different countries around the world. As we find those uh, or people alert us to those, we post those and hoping that our audience uh, will read those. But on me, we were starting up a, a weekly deal. When we released a podcast, we're going to release a country's name. And if you're a prayer warrior and have the ability to look at MeWe or set up an account there to follow us, please do so. Uh, a couple people have already done that, and we are thankful for that. Uh, that I think as, as a group of Christians uh, who are prayer warriors, we need to... Uh, be praying for other people and we need to be praying for the people in those countries and we're just trying to focus a little bit more uh, on the country for the week Uh, I'm a firm believer in prayer prayer is very powerful and prayer uh, moves lives and hearts and so please do that Uh, we're not posting the the prayer for that particular country anywhere else uh, in fact, we're posting more and more on me, we. And so they don't seem to be censoring us at this time uh, like Facebook is. And I realize that 90% of the people or more are on Facebook. And I understand why. And so we won't get rid of the Facebook account until uh, they shut us off. If they do, uh, please go to me, we and, and follow us. We're also on Twitter. Um, don't seem to have a lot of interest in Twitter. A lot of people are not on that. 
And so we're also on LinkedIn. Uh, we have quite a few people following us on LinkedIn as well. Uh, today, we're, the title of this uh, podcast will be uh, Followership. Followership. And so if you have a Bible, I would please encourage you to open it up and follow along. If you do not have a Bible on our webpage, you can click on the daily verse, and that will take you to a webpage that has a free Bible that you can read and follow along. Now, there's many different versions and different languages on that webpage that would help you follow along. That's great. And so I would encourage you uh, to do so. In our society today, it, probably around the world, it, it, you don't have to look very far to see this attitude, and you've heard me use this uh, term before, uh, the attitude of me. It's all about me, myself, and I. Uh, I'm the one who's leading the pack. It is my feelings that you hurt. It is, and the list could go on and on. And I kind of have a slogan for that, the Burger King generations. And for those who are not familiar with Burger King, I'm not promoting them in any way, shape, or form, believe me, but their slogan was, have it your way. And so that's what uh, many people in our society are. It's all about me. Have it my way. I want it my way. I don't care about your way. I don't care about your thoughts or your feelings. And so that's just not a Christian uh, attitude or thought. We we need to be looking outward and not inward. And that's what Christ would have done. And so uh, I always thought it was interesting when I was in law enforcement many years ago. Uh, everybody wanted to be the chief of police. Uh, nobody wanted to be that lonely officer. And, and I've often asked myself, why is that? That the majority of people want to be in a leadership role. And I've noticed that within the church as well. I recall worshiping in a congregation years ago, a young Christian. Uh, you always had certain people who wanted to rule the roost. And the problem was, most of the time that I encountered, whether it was in the workplace or whether in church, is it is that those people who push the hardest to be leaders probably are not qualified to be in that role. They're just looking for a, a role of self-satisfaction. I want to dominate you. Uh, again, it's all about me having power over and control over you. And that is not what Christ asked for out of leadership in his church. Not out of elders, deacons, pulpit ministers, any other uh, term that we could come up with and labels. And so stop and think about this with, with Jesus. Never once he called his disciples or the apostles to accept him. He never did. Ask me into your heart. I never. It's not really there. Uh, what Jesus never says that. And so Jesus never says forcibly, saying, "I am God. I am the leader," and therefore. Instead, Jesus leads by example. Nearly 20 times, Jesus, he calls them to follow him. And just stop and think about this for a moment. In the religious world, the Christian world today, there's a lot of 
talk about accepting Jesus into your heart. How important that it is that we accept Jesus. Well, up front, Jesus didn't talk in the terms about accepting him. He talked in the terms of following him. When Jesus walked past the seashore and, and, and he saw James, John, and Peter, I do not read that Jesus said, Hey, would you guys accept me into your heart? Men such as, as James, John, and Peter, they, they knew and heard of Jesus at the time. I know that a lot of people don't believe that. Uh, they think that Jesus was a perfect stranger. And they just dropped everything and followed a stranger and became an apostle. And that really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And let me tell you why. Even in our world today, we have stranger danger. Okay, we are very suspicious of, of, of strangers. And how many of us would just drop everything and walk away from our jobs to follow a stranger? Probably very few of us, if we're really being honest with it. And so, if you look at your map in the back of your Bible, and you will see Nazareth and, and, and all of those kind of little towns, they're all grouped together, and they're all on, on the sea. Uh, there were Peter and all them were fishermen. And so, they would have known each other, maybe not personally or intimately, but they would have known each other. The Jewish community is a, at this time and day, and Christ probably still is, is a very close-knit community. They met together, they worshiped together, and they would have traveled to Jerusalem on their required feast days together. They would have traveled in groups because of safety, and they just would not have been out walking along by themselves. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And so, you can see this when Jesus is 12 years old, and they're all been in Jerusalem, and they're heading back home, and realize, hey, where's Jesus? He's not in our group. And they start asking people, have you seen our son? And they said, no. So what happens? They go back to Jerusalem and find Jesus talking in the temple. Okay, they traveled in groups together for various reasons. And of course, one of them would have been safety, they could have probably been helping each other, praying with each other, singing songs along the way. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But again, they would have known who Jesus was, even though they may not have been really super close friends. The Bible doesn't say. But the words in my Bible say this, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, look here in Luke chapter 18, verse 18. A ruler questioned him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And notice here in verse 22, When Jesus heard this, he said to them, One thing you still lack, sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And notice this, Come follow me. When Jesus talks to this man, Jesus does not talk in his terms, will you accept me? He doesn't say that. Jesus says, 
and tells him what he needs to do. Go and sell whatever you have and come follow me. You know, following our Lord, we should see that as a great privilege. It is also a great challenge. And it's interesting when you read scripture that there is a lot more said about following than there is about leading. And have you ever wondered why that is? I mean, I do. Could it be because four or more will be called to follow in the different roles in our life? Could it be that following is a real spiritual challenge? I think it is. At times, it's really difficult. Being a Christian is not easy. It takes grit. It takes sand. It takes... It's not a child's game. Let's put it that way. In some ways, following, I think, it challenges us more deeply than leading does. There are four terms in our relationship with God. They are king... Lord, disciple, and submission. Again, those four are uh, king, Lord, disciple, and submission. And the first one I want to talk about is king. And if you turn to your Bible here and mark it uh, with uh, 1 Timothy 6, what does it mean when we use these terms in the light of followership. What does it mean when we speak of God as king or as Jesus as king? Because he's always been a king. And I know there's many teachings out there he's going to be crowned a king in in a future sense. Uh, No, he's already king. He claims his kingship in front of Pilate. Uh, He claims it his kingship clear back in the book of Samuel. So God's always been a king. Jesus is God. He's always been a king. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 15. Which he will bring out at the proper time, who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, do you believe that Jesus is king? Do you believe that Jesus is the King of kings and is so good? But what does that mean for you and me to acknowledge him as king? Most of us in the United States especially, we have troubles with this idea of of kingship because we've never really lived under a a kingship. Although I'm wondering if that's not to come, but we we do not know really at this moment in time what it's like to, to be under a king. All we have ever known is a president. Now, we love to tell the president that you can say and you can do whatever you like, but under a kingship, uh, that's not true. We really don't have the grasp of, of what it really means to relate to a king. Again, when you have a king, you can forget the United States Constitution. You can forget uh, the rights that you know them as. You can forget it all. You can see whatever the king says, that's it. A a true kingship, uh, the parliament won't matter. 
Congress won't matter. It's whatever the king says at the end of the day. And you can get this taste of this and understand it better if you want to study this out a little further. Is go to Daniel chapter 3. And again, remember the king of Babylon, he builds this golden image. And what does he do? He gives this order that at a certain time of day you will stop. No matter what you're doing, you will stop and worship this image. What is the king's reaction when Daniel and his companions refuse to do this? <laughs> Does the king say, oh, well, that's okay. You don't have to obey me. Don't worry about that. Uh, no way. <laughs> no way. They are thrown into a fiery furnace to make an example for everyone else. But whatever you, the king says, you will do. The king is, is more than just upset. He's fighting mad. Again, you simply do not go against the king and his rules. And a king cannot go really against his own laws. If you want to study that out a little further, I'll leave that kind of there. But again, we can we can see an example. Uh, this in the book of Esther. There's a man by the name of, of, of Haman who absolutely hates the Jewish people. But at one Jew in particular he does not like at all, and that is Mordecai. And he will do everything that he can to see that the Jewish people are destroyed. And as the story goes along, the, the king wants to honor a man who has done great things for the king. So the king asked Haman, what would you do to show such honor to a man? Again, Haman thinking, oh, this is all about me and all this neat stuff. Again, that greatest person, me, myself, and I. So he tells the king uh, to take this guy out, and this is what we would do. And so, oh, the king says, you know what, that's a great idea. I like that. So take Mordecai and do all those things that you just described. Because, see, Mordecai had done a great thing for the king. He had saved the king's life. And I am, I am sure that this would throw a bunch of salt on an open wound of Haman. I mean, he does not like this man at all. But see, under a kingship, he does exactly what the king orders him to do. And you know why he took his triumphal parade around the city again? And he doesn't want to be executed. He doesn't want to be thrown uh, to the lions. He doesn't want to be thrown into a fiery furnace. He doesn't want to lose his head, whatever. Because if he does not do what he is ordered, it could cost him his life. So are you getting the picture that we cannot follow only the orders that we agree with when we call Jesus the king. We have to follow everything that Jesus the king has laid out in the law. And for those who don't think that Jesus has a whole lot of law, you need to study a little deeper in the, in the New Testament. <laughs> yes, he does. But... Are you getting the picture? Whether you agree with all the Bible says or not, whether you've been taught it or not, the law is the law. 
And that's true in God's kingdom. When Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Hmm. In our culture today, this sexual immorality is up for grabs. It has become a negotiable topic even in Christian circles. And that is sad. Can I practice homosexually if I want to? Well, there are many religious Christian groups that say, yes, you can. And of course, the government says, you better not persecute those people. And I'm not up to persecute those people. I'm just simply relaying what the New Testament says, what the King of Glory says. And when you and I think of God as King, and says God is the King of Kings, you have just said, I am going to do everything that he asks and requires to follow him. What about terms of, of, of baptism? I mean, that is a subject that many Christian circles say you don't have to be baptized at all. What about the Great Commission where Jesus commands us to go out, preach, teach the gospel, and baptize people? Not into a church name, but into Christ's name. How many times, I don't know how many times I've heard baptism is a negotiable thing and it's up to that individual. And that's not true. When an inspired man stands up and speaks for God, telling the world that they must be baptized in order to to be in the kingdom of forgiveness of sins. God is saying, in my kingdom, you will be immersed. So if you claim to God as king, you must follow the rule or you will be put to death. And baptism is made very clear throughout the New Testament. Now whether you're saved before baptism or after baptism, I'm not, that's not the discussion today. But baptism, immersion, is part of the Christian walk. Paul was immersed. The day of Pentecost, thousands of people were baptized. They were immersed. And it goes on and on. Okay? Even in the book of Romans, people say, well, Paul doesn't talk about it. Well, first of all, they're already practicing immersion. You can read that in chapter 6. And so, he doesn't have to go in great details about, that, about baptism as he does with the other uh, churches that he writes to in the New Testament. The second term is the term Lord. Luke 6, 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? I think this is a very interesting question proposed here by Jesus. A again, we had this problem with this term Lord because we are not used to Lord's. You don't walk up to somebody and address them as Lord. But my understanding from some people I know in England, uh, they do that there. And when we speak uh, of someone as Lord, along those terms, of Master. In a very real sense, you are implying there is a master-slave relationship between you and Jesus. And once we see this, it does not take a genius to understand that slaves have no say. 
A slave is told what to do. And so if you see, we call the Lord, Lord, then we don't have a choice in the matter. We must do what we are told. Ask yourself this question, am I doing what I'm doing right now, what I want to do? Or am I doing what God wants me to be doing? When you read 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, uh, there is Peter, he's talking to a household of slaves, that they're, and they're being abused. They're being beaten by their masters. And, and Peter will tell them in verse 21 that they were perhaps called for this role, so that your master can see you imitating Christ. Now, he doesn't justify the beatings that's going on at all. But how many of us would volunteer to be a slave so that you could receive beatings from your master? Probably zero. Okay? So, how can I show the world Jesus and show them how to suffer with the Spirit of Christ? Now, spiritually speaking, we could get beatings as a slave for Christ. Our employer... Uh, might look down on us for being a Christian and talking about Jesus or reading our Bibles on break or whatever. So, if we choose Jesus as Lord, then maybe that will be the role that we might have. We might take uh, those type of beatings from family, friends, uh, our employer, our school teacher, and so on. When you call Jesus Lord, you're calling yourself a slave. You give yourself to him and follow him. This third term is disciple. And we can see this in John chapter 12, verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So when you follow Jesus as the disciple of Christ, this followership implies a few things. It, it implies listening, observing, and obeying. When Peter, James, John, and Matthew, and the, and the rest of the twelves were following Jesus, they were discipling. I mean, even John the, uh, the Baptist had disciples. Okay, They were listening to Jesus where whether they liked it or not, they're going to have to listen, and they're going to have to practice what he preached. And they listened to him preach, and they listened carefully. And we need to listen carefully. They see Jesus praying a lot. So they will ask Jesus, Hey, we notice you have a good prayer life. Teach us to pray. They're also obeying. Uh, Jesus will send them out to different towns to preach uh, this message. And Jesus says, This is how... I want you to do it. And he would give instructions on how they were to go from town to town, what they were allowed to take and not take, and so on. And they do that because this is part of being a disciple. They are obeying what they are told to do. It may be one of the best ways to understand this role of an apprenticeship. When you are in an apprenticeship role, you do whatever that master plumber or electrician tells you. The master electrician is the one who knows how to take care of the task at hand. 
When we say we are disciples of Jesus, we are saying that we are listening, observing, and obeying. Notice here what Paul says to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. You know, Paul sums up this term of discipling, and disciples make disciples. You must do that by following the examples. And finally here, uh, this, this word of submission. We do not like that word of submission at all in our marriages, uh, in our workplace, and we sure don't like them in the church. And we need to change that attitude. Uh, remember the word submission uh, means this decision is to honor that decision of another person. People, again, they really struggle with this submission. Uh, this idea of honoring another person and to do their will seems really to go against uh, the grain in our society. They just don't want to submit uh, because it's all about me, myself, and I. And really, Scripture talks a lot about submission. It requires the right heart. A little Anne has been disturbing class now for a day and a half. So the teacher tells her uh, to go to the corner, sit down, and face the wall. She, she goes grumbling all the way. And when she gets over there, the teacher tells her to sit down. And at first she ref refuses. But when she's threatened to go to the principal's office, she sits down and says, Well... You know, I might be sitting down, but inside, I am standing up. And how many times with the Lord we are sitting down, but inside we're saying, I'm standing up. You might think, yeah, you might be telling me to do this, Jesus, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to complain all the way. Is this really submission? No, not in the least bit. Not at all. Submission is honoring God. And I'm, I'm going to do this in my life because you are Lord. I am doing this because I want to follow you. And notice here Paul at, to the church in Ephesus. In chapter 5, verse 24. Ephesians 5, 24. But as the church is subject to Christ... So also the wives ought to be to their husbands and everything. And then verse 21, back up. And subject to one another in fear of Christ. Why am I to submit? That is because the Master wants that. Spiritual maturity is reflected on how do I follow. More so than how do I lead. So, how is your followership? Where is God as king? Where is Jesus as king? Where is Jesus as Lord? Can you really use these words as a disciple to describe yourself? Can I use that to describe myself? How are you when it comes to submission? In a very real way, our spiritual health can be determined by these questions.
And as we wind up this podcast today, if you've not honored the King of Glory, we need please start. We have this opportunity right now to begin that. To to have Jesus as our shepherd, to to be in his flock, to allow him to to lead us to those green pastures, to let us feed on his word and have a true relationship that is honoring to him and he will bless us. And I know it's so hard today to find a congregation that is teaching the entire word of God. That is, there, there's, a, there's a man at work that we have more and more discussions and you know he he really loves the old preachers uh, the the fire hell brimstone sermons he says man i just love those uh we don't have that in the church anymore and he's right we don't we're all about feeling good and how to encourage people to uh, to feel better and have this big social event that we call church. And we need to realize and understand who Jesus really is and what these terms really mean and that we really are sinners. Whether we want to admit it or not, at the end of the day on Judgment Day, we will find out that we really are sinners. And if we are not washed in the blood, if we are not following Jesus and His rule, His law, however you want to word it, his commands, uh, we're in trouble, okay? And I'm not saying it is easy to submit. It is not easy to be a Christian. It has become very difficult. The more you understand the Word of God, the, the more challenging it becomes. And we cannot do it without the proper leadership of Christ and His words and promises to us in the Scripture. And that's what we bank on. We That's where we put everything at, is in Christ in his word, his promises. Rest assured, Jesus will return one day and he will judge the living and the dead. And on that day, where will you stand on judgment day? Are you a follower? Are you really submitting to him as Lord, as King? Are you just his disciple? Are you making disciples? I hope so. And I pray that you are. And I know there are many of our listeners who are in nations that Christianity is frowned extremely hard on. And I see more and more going on where that will be true even in the Western Hemisphere. Christians are going to be blamed and starting to be blamed for the spread of COVID, believe it or not. And so we need to be prepared And the only way we're going to be prepared is to be in the Word of God. Fathers, lead your children in prayer. Pray with your wives. Uh, Read the Bible. We we all struggle with that. We have, it seems, every moment of our day consumed with something. Work, family, school, yard work, shopping, whatever. We We are just so packed every day, our time. And so we we need to try to focus more on Christ. And he will take care of all those other things. And we need to, to find a group that we can truly worship him with that is teaching the entire word of God. 
I get emails occasionally, where can I find this church? And there's only one church, and that's the one Christ died for. Not a name on a building. Not for pews, not for brick and mortar. Not for certain songbooks or certain Bible versions. He died for you and me. He died for people. And we need to find a group that's teaching everything about the Word of God. And we get a lot of positive emails how they like the fact that we're teaching out of the Old Testament, the New Testament, different subjects and thoughts. And they really like that question and answers and things that we're doing. And we love those. I mean, it is so edifying to us. It encourages us. And we praise God for that. And please pray for our, our efforts here that we can, can continue to have the resources and the time and effort to put out a weekly podcast. I have gone on much further and longer than I normally do, and I thank you for hanging on to the end. Again, please hit that like button and follow us as well so you get alerts when we release our weekly podcast. And please tell others about us if you have been encouraged about us. And make sure you follow us on MeWe, uh, our other social media uh, accounts. You can find all those links and there on our webpage. And it's all under the same name as uh, this podcast is. And so if you want to search that out, that would be great. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, may God bless you and may He have the glory. Mm-hmm.